good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Doing well? Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the room. It is my privilege to be here to open up God's Word for us this morning as we unpack and continue to look through this series in 1 Peter, unmistakable. Um, Why don't we just maybe find someone around you, maybe find a dad around you, and even, even if, you, if you miss it, if, you, if it, if the person doesn't have any kids, why don't we just turn around, find somebody, just say, Happy Father's Day. Why don't we get up from our seats, let's go, Happy Father's Day. Okay, so I think at this point it's kind of clear that the topic for this morning, particularly what we're going to unpack together, is indeed going to be unmistakably Father's Day. Is that correct? It is unmistakably Father's Day? I'm sorry, that's not going to be the topic we're going to be discussing today, but I just thought, well, it is definitely unmistakably Father's Day, so happy Father's Day. And uh, the actual topic that we'll be discussing today is unmistakable serving. Now, I thought there was a pretty strong link there, don't you think? Unmistakable Father's Day and unmistakable serving. So my first question for us, and particularly for the kids, who went out and made their dad some breakfast this morning? Any of the kids? Did you make, who made breakfast for their dads this morning? I see a couple of hands. Well done. Was it breakfast in bed? Yes, breakfast in bed. That's good form, yeah. Yeah. Everyone else, you have to try a little bit harder next year. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, So did someone give their dads a gift this morning? Yes, there's some gifts. Yep. I think the dads would be very appreciative of that. So when we talk about serving, when we talk about the word serving, what comes to mind? What sort of things? Kids, anybody in the room, we can tell me what's the word serving mean? Can anybody tell me? What does the word serving mean? Does it mean perhaps a serving size, like this one? That's a big steak. That's a big serving of steak. Would you agree? That's a pretty big serving. I think the dad's in the room. Now you guys are hungry because you've had two photos of images of food. Everyone's a bit hungry. Would that be a good Father's Day? Any dads in the room? Would that be a good Father's Day? Yep, good steak. Yep. Indeed. Well, that's not the type of serving that we're talking about, right? So what, what is serving? What is it? Is it a serving size? Well, not really. I think if we th- look at the definition of serving, it is doing something primarily for the benefit and goodwill of another person or a group of people. So serving is not something that's really about you. It's about you doing something for the benefit of someone else. So this morning, as we said, we're going to unpack this series and continue in 1 Peter, uh, unmistakable. And so before we open up Scripture, I would just like to pray for us before we start this time together. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you are the ultimate Father. And today we also want to celebrate you, Heavenly Father, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so, so much. And Lord, I just thank you for your word and how much it teaches us. And I pray, Lord, that you would teach us today, Father, that your words would speak into our hearts. And Lord, we would be reminded of your amazing love for us. And also, Lord, how you've called us to love others. In your name we pray. Amen. So let's open up your Bibles. We're going to open up at 1 Peter 4 this morning. 1 Peter 4. So we'll read from 
verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Then Peter talks about what these actions are that are outside of God's will for us. And he continues in verse 7, he says, The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And here he says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves... They should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so this morning we're going to unpack three points, because indeed I'm a Baptist pastor, so that would be the right thing to do, is unpack three points from this passage. And the first one I want us to think about is when we serve, we need to do it like Jesus. Serve like Jesus. We can see, firstly, as Peter opens up this this chapter we're exploring, Peter's challenging us on how we live our lives. He says, remember, since Christ has suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. What does that mean, arm yourself? It's kind of like when you do the things of life, for instance, if you go into battle, arm yourself with the same attitude. Well, that is actually thinking, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do with this decision? Peter says, be like Jesus. And he explains that. He says, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. See, if we give over to our sin, we give over to our human desires that are not God's desires, we are actually giving over to what God does not want us to do. But when we actually give those things up, we die to those things, we die to our sin, our desires. We actually become more like Jesus. When we become a follower of Jesus, we become a new creation. We become a new creation in Christ. So we are called to be done with sin, to live as this new creation. And he says it. As a result, they do not live, we do not live our earthly lives for even human desires, but rather we live it for the will of God. Okay, so when we serve, when we become followers of Jesus, when we want to live out our faith, we should be done with our sin. We're a new creation. We should live for Jesus. Often the issue with, with serving, it's a heart issue, isn't it? When it comes to serving, it's, it's often a heart issue. It's something that we struggle with, with within us. We serve people because of what we can get out from them. Would you guys agree with that? Often we do that. We do something so we can get something in return. It's a heart issue. See, when Jesus went to the cross and died for our sin, he didn't do it to get something in return. No, he gave his life for us. 
And his desire was, yes, that we would respond and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Thank you for dying for my sin. Even though I deserve death, you paid the penalty. Jesus didn't do it to get something in return. So similarly, we too, when we serve, should not do it to get something in return. And here's the thing. When we serve like Jesus, it's something that happens firstly within us. It's an inward thing, and then it flows into the outward. When we believe in Jesus, He changes our heart. He changes us from the inside. When we start becoming, going into a loving relationship with God, then that love for God actually flows out into our ability to love other people. And similarly, when we become a follower of Jesus, we start serving God, that will flow out into what we do. We will start serving others in response. Serve like Jesus. Allow your inward transformation to flow out into your life. The second thing that this passage highlights to us is when we serve, we should use our gifts. We see here, Paul unpacks this. He says in verse 7, The end of all things is near. Christ will be returning. Therefore, be alert. Be of sober mind. And above all, We have sober mind that you may pray. Pray to God and then above all, love each other deeply because love covers covers over a multitude of sins. We've seen Jesus' ultimate demonstration of love covering over all our sin. And then here he, he, he challenges us with, these are the things that you can now do as a response. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I don't know if any of the dads in the room might grumble over that big steak and sharing that with anybody else. But the the encouragement for us is even as we go today to our Father's Day lunches or we, we go to our dinner table this week, how can we offer hospitality to others? How can we show the hospitality that we've received by God inviting us into His family and show that to others? And here in verse 10, we see, What Peter's trying to say, he says, For each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. See, when we become a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit actually enters into your life. You become a new creation and the Spirit comes into your life, comes into your heart. And then God actually gives you, empowers you with different gifts. It's almost like your personality and your gifts, they all line up beautifully together. And God actually gives you the strength to serve others. Do we all have the same gifts? Nope, we definitely don't have the same gifts. All are so uniquely and differently made by God and gifted in different ways. So here we see these gifts, they are God-given gifts. Not something we have earned, it's God giving us gifts. And these gifts are all because of love. So God loves us and he gives us gifts in order that we may use those gifts to love others. And these gifts are so various, each of us uniquely made. So we should use these gifts, whatever these gifts are, to love as God has loved us. And thirdly, when we serve, Why do we do it? Why do we do it? When we do things, why do we do it? 
I think the scripture is pretty clear. Do whatever you do for God's glory. And we see here, Peter says the same thing. He says, when we serve, do it to bring God the glory. In verse 11, it says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. For to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Peter says, these gifts that God has given you, it's through his strength that you should live it out and use it. And it's ultimately the gifts that he has given you. So in return, we should do it for God's glory, not for our own. I think it's really important. This morning, I felt like that message is really simple. It's very simple. It's very clear. We've all heard it before. But I, I felt challenged that I needed to, as a dad, I needed to get back to basics. I needed to think about how I live my life, how I serve people. I needed to get back to basics. And my challenge, particularly for the dads in the room, serving starts at the home. See, as a pastor, I'm often, and my role is community. So my role is to go out and bless the community. But I can't give the community the best bits and give my family the leftovers, right? So as a dad, I need to be honest with myself in the way that I serve, honest with the way in which I serve God and other people. See, I can't be serving the community without serving my family. See, God has given me beautiful children. Children, as we see in the Scriptures, a gift from God. So how I care for them and love them is important. So I wanted to challenge you dads today, because this really challenged me personally. Serving, it has to start at the home. See, as we said before, it's an inward thing. God changes your heart on the inside. And maybe today as a dad, you need to make yourself right with God again. And then as that inward transformation happens, the first people that should notice that is your family and the way you serve and you love your family. And then from your family, that can outflow into the community, into your workplace and other areas. I see so many men, men of faith, falling because they stopped serving their family. They started serving their own desires. In a letter to the Ephesians, Paul gives us a pretty amazing outline. So as Paul starts his letter to Ephesians, he starts off by saying, I'm excited by what God is doing. I'm thankful for you. And then he says, reminds them about this faith in Jesus because the, the people, the Christians at the time were really persecuted. So he's encouraging them and says, you are now alive in Christ. You are a new creation. And in chapter three, he talks about how much God can do, how much he wants to raise up the church, how much God wants to do. Be faithful to God. And in chapter 4, it talks about unity. Unity is the binding thing that holds the church together, holds us as the community together. And then we find in chapter 5, it challenges us. This is how you need to live. For in verse 1, it says, Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ has loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering of sacrifice to God. 
walk in the way of love. Firstly, we see here, similar to Peter's instruction, follow Christ's example, firstly. And then he starts unpacking this idea further. What does this mean for your life? What does this mean for your family? And as we know, these verses, we find it about husbands and wives. Husbands and wives, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And then husbands, here we go, dads, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. See, walk in the way of love when it comes to your marriages is what Paul is trying to say. And then now, children, you're not off the hook because here Paul comes at you as well this morning. And he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. When you walk in the way of love, children, you should respond in love to your parents. Honor them, love them in return. See, that is really interesting, that comment that is made there. And obviously that is from the Old Testament, from the Ten Commandments. And it says in verse 3, so that you, it may go well with you and you may enjoy a long life on earth. Interesting promise connected to a command. And I think for us in our 21st century, it's hard for us to see how this could be the reality. That if kids truly actually honored their parents, that they will have a prosperous life. But I guess if there's a loving family unit that walks in love, where there's a marriage that is bounded in love and the kids are loved, then it's so easy for the kids to respond in love to their parents. And then in that family unit, that where that support is found, where that love is found, where that nourishment and cherishment of young children is found, then that's true. That foundation will set them up for a long and prosperous life. Do you agree? so true. And I think each of us, even as sons and daughters ourselves, we can attest to that. We can also attest to when that wasn't the reality and the pain that that caused for us. And here we go, fathers, parents. In verse 4, he says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, this is for you. So yesterday, we went on a bike ride. So this was the first time Oliver got on the back uh, with, a, with a bike. So Oliver's one, and so he was on the little bike seat. And Henry was on his own bike. He's got little training wheels, and he's flying. And Dad's on his bike. He doesn't have any kids on the back. And we're driving, and we f we're riding to the playground. And we get close to the playground, and Dad obviously wants to be a little bit silly. So Dad takes off, and I race to the playground. And I get close to the playground, and I make a big skid, and I fall over, and I fall onto my back. And I think it's funny. I'm laughing. And poor Henry, he is not happy because firstly, he saw me racing out away from him. And secondly, I fell down. So he's getting very overwhelmed. So I exasperated him and he's there in tears of this situation. And I thought it was a funny little moment. And so for me, I thought I was trying to be funny. And so often as dads, we don't think about our actions. And that's a simple analogy. But I guess as dads, often we don't think that our actions have such consequences on our children. And so fathers, it's important that we don't exasperate our children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The other week when I was reading this passage, 
I might have slightly changed the scripture, but bear with me. I think the opposite is true as well. And this thought really challenged me. I'm not trying to rewrite scripture, but I'm just paraphrasing it. Here it is. Parents, do not allow your children to provoke you to anger. Instead, bring them up in the way of love and instruction of the Lord. I think as a dad of a three-year-old and a one-year-old, sometimes this is very challenging. Sometimes I can get so frustrated with my kids. And the challenge that Paul here in this Ephesians chapter 5 puts in front of us, walk in the way of love in which we approach our marriages, to which we approach our households, which to, to which we approach our parenting. Walk in the way of love. Love your children. Serve them. So in summary, I think it's so important. We can't want to serve others in our workplaces, in our community, if we're not serving our family first. It needs to start on an inward transformation. So serve like Jesus, inward to the outward. Serve by using your gift that God has given you. Use those gifts to show God's love to others. And thirdly, why do we do it in the first place? We do it because we want to bring God the glory. It's all for His glory. So as a church, this is my challenge to us as a church. It says in Scripture that if people want to know that, that we are Jesus' disciples, they will know that by the way in which we love one another. We can talk all about we want to love this city, we want to love this community, but if we're not actually genuinely loving one another, we're missing it. We can talk all we want about serving our community, but if we're not actually serving one another, we're missing it. Let's allow people to see that we are unmistakable servants like Jesus. See, the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but he came to serve. Jesus came to serve us, to die for us. And our call as followers of Jesus is to give up our lives and to serve him, to serve God, to become unmistakable servants of the Lord Jesus Christ in our homes, in our workplaces, and in our communities. Let me pray for us, and the team's going to come up, and we're going to sing a song, a final song, We Believe, as we finish up this morning. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing love for us that is demonstrated so clearly in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and you served. You served us. You showed love to us, ultimately by dying for us, taking the punishment of death that we deserve and giving us a new life in you. And thank you, Jesus, that you did indeed send the Holy Spirit to live and dwell in us. And Lord, I pray that as all the dads in the room and as all prospective dads one day, I just pray, Lord, that we would firstly desire to love you, Love the Lord our God with all our hearts, minds, and strength. And out of that place that we would love and serve others as you did and demonstrated for us. Thank you, Father, for your amazing love that we can never run away from. 
Thank you, Lord, for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.